Well, I want to dive into the Word today. Before I do, I want to thank you for joining us last Sunday. This is exciting. We had over 1,600 devices log in to view the uh, Sunday morning worship gathering. Incredible. Now, here's the thing. That's just devices. So a conservative view, that, that's, that device could have two to four to five people gathered around it. So we're talking anywhere from 2,500 to 6,000 people that tuned in to our services. That's revival, y'all. You realize that. And so I believe what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to take it and use it for good. People are going to be going to church now that have never gone to church before. And so I'm excited about that. i got to be honest with you. As a leader, it can be difficult to lead when you don't exactly know the destination. And I think that's where we are right now. But there's an old saying that says, I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And I believe that we've got to continue to hold on to that, that he's the one that has never lost a battle. We've got to hang on to that with everything that we have. But since we don't know what the future looks like, I want to help us in the present. I want to help us right now on this, this Sunday when you're wondering what next week is going to look like, how are you going to deal with homeschooling your kids, and is there going to be enough toilet paper left over? What, what's going to go on? Is there going to be a, a vaccine they're going to figure out? We're going to, we, we don't know, but we want to help you in the present. So because we don't know what the future looks like, I want to help us in the present, and that's what we want to be as a church for you. Let us know if there's anything we, we can do for you. Uh, info at thehillsnashville.com. Send us a prayer request. At the, end of the, the, at the end of our gathering today, we're going to talk to you about our Connect card, and uh, you can fill that Connect card. There's an area for you to let us know uh, what you're walking through. We want to help you right now. Uh, let's not wait. We want to help you. Another way we want to help you, I mentioned this last week, is some, some resources we have for you, some books. I've, I've written several books, and a couple of them, I think, are, are really, uh, will really help you right now. One is How Do I Deal with Anxiety and Fear? And then another one called Now What? What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. And if you will email us, again, that email address, info at thehillsnashville.com, we're going to send those to you absolutely free. Uh, we, we sent out dozens last week, and so I'd, I'd love to send those send those to you. One of the points in this book, now what, what to do and you don't know what to do, was this. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. And I'm going to practice what I preach today. I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to preach from one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Most of you have heard me quote it, and many of you have probably heard me preach on it. It's Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So my subject today is the path to peace. I want to help you get to a place of peace. And Paul, in these verses, 
gives us a path to get to peace. How many could use some peace about right now? Just raise your hand, nudge your neighbor, say he's talking to you right now, right where you are. I love a couple of you sent me a text and, and uh, pictures of their dog asleep on the couch. Like that, my neighbor is not paying attention to what's going on. So wake him up. Tell him you need some peace. <laughs> it's necessary, I think, to note that in this passage of Scripture that Paul is writing while he's in prison. He's in custody. He's, in, he's confined. Or shall, shall I say, he's quarantined. He's, he's in this place. And in this passage, Paul lays out in this quarantine confined state several steps that will help us get to a place of peace. And I want to go through them. We read the passage, but I want to go through and let's break them down. First of all, he says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. So number one, the first step on this path of peace is choose joy. And joy is a choice. It's something you've got to decide that you're going to walk in and live in. I know that that kind of scares some of you. Why would you start with that when we're in the middle of this situation? I mean, how can I ever have joy in this situation? Well, first of all, it's a choice and you've got to choose it. Secondly, understand that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to give you joy, love, joy, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith. These are all a part of the Spirit-filled, Spirit-led life. So if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of your heart, this is the time that you say, all right, Holy Spirit, I need some of that joy. Now, look, we're not talking about your joy on steroids. This is God's joy, the joy of the Holy Spirit. And you and I have always felt that joy. We felt that joy before. So pray for that. Lord, bring that joy in my life. So how do we rejoice in tough times? Two ways. Number one, we look back. How do I rejoice when times are tough? Number one, look back. He has brought you through before. He's going to bring you through again. We're just saying it. He's never lost a battle. And the same band that sang he's never lost a battle sings a song, yes, he did, so yes, he can. So when you're in the middle of a tough time, turn around and look back. Come on, has God ever brought you through anything? I'm talking to those of you here in the office today, in the studio today. How about you at home? Has God ever brought you through anything? Then we know that he's going to bring us through again. The second way that we get through tough times is not just look back, but you look ahead. Look at what Hebrews 12 and 1 says. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. How do we do this? By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Listen to this. How did he do that? Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. In other words, Jesus was able to walk through the toughest trial that anybody could ever walk through because he knew that things are going to be better after this, looking ahead. Look at what Paul says in Romans 5 and 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Here we are, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. How do I make it through tough times? by looking past it and knowing that this tough time has a purpose, that I'm going to come out of this with more character, with more endurance, with more hope. We're going to be better when we come out of this. I believe this, that as Christians, we're going to be better coming out of this, that as a global church, we're going to be better, that as a nation, we're going to be better. 
could it be that what's going on with us in our world is an answer to our prayers? We prayed, God, help our marriages be healed. Well, there you are, quarantine with your wife. Lord, help us get to spend more time as a family. Well, there you are. God, let our church be more than just about a show on Sunday morning. Well, there we are. We'll be in the church throughout the week. God, bring our country together. Well, here we are working with everything we can across international lines. And so look beyond what's going on right now to how it's going to be better. We're going to come out with more inventions. We're going to come out with better songs, better messages, better methods. I believe that with all of my heart. Let's go on. Let, everyth- let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. The second step on this path to peace is be considerate. I'm going to preach right now. I'm going to get a drink of water before I go into this one. Let me help you with this, all right? Number one, be considerate to those you're quarantined with. Be considerate to them. Just be nice, okay? I used to have a a T-shirt that we sold when I was on the road, and it just said, be nice, period. That was it. And it, was, it came from, I was preaching to this Pentecostal church, and, and they were really Pentecostal, and they liked everybody to know they were Pentecostal. And in the middle of the message, I said something like, forget being Pentecostal, just be Christians. And it got quiet, and I said, forget being Christians, just be nice. And it got even quieter. So I said, we're making a T-shirt because of that right there. Hey, just be nice. I believe that we're going to see marriages get better after this. I also believe we're probably going to see a baby boom. I'm just telling you. I think we probably will see that. (laughs) However, there's also the potential for marriages to get worse. When suddenly you take dysfunctional families and you put them into this, this enclosed space and they don't know how to deal with it, deal with it. Come on, work some things out. This is a great opportunity for you to have some of those conversations, for you to forgive, for you to get through some things. Let's choose better. Let's not choose to get worse. Let's look to the end and go, you know what? My relationship with my roommates is going to be better, not worse, when this thing is over. My my relationship with my friends and my family is going to be better, not worse. Let's get closer as a family. But I'm going to tell you a great way to get closer, give each other some space every once in a while. Every once in a while, just go, look, I know you need your space, honey. You go into your man cave in there. Take some breaks. Take a little break. Come on, I'm helping you right now. This is called pastoring, all right? It's also called 26 years of marriage. That's the other thing that it's called. (laughs) Number two, be considerate to your neighbors. Look out for them. Have you called them? Have you reached out to them? This is a great opportunity to do that, especially the elderly, especially those that that are single adults. We have folks in our church that are single adults, and they're quarantined by themselves. Reach out to them. Check on them. See, FaceTime them. See how you you can help them. Number three, be considerate to your community. Paul said, be considerate. Be considerate to your community. We support our officials. Pray for our health professionals. Amen? They're on the front lines, our first responders and our, our health professionals. They're, they're out there. And I'm telling you, what about the grocery store clerk? That is now essential. They're on the front lines. Let's pray for them. Let's thank them. Let's be considerate. And I'm going to tell you something else I want to encourage our church to do. When you can, support local businesses. Go out of your way to support some local businesses because we love the city of Nashville and we want to see this city strong when this thing subsides. So be considerate. Stay safe, but look for opportunities to care and to share. Think creatively. I believe the church has a chance to do great things. Notice something that Paul said. 
He said, let others see you being considerate. Now, most of the time we would think that would be the anti-Christian. You want to kind of not make a big deal about it. But Paul said, let them see you being considerate. Why? Because Jesus said this in Matthew 5 and 14. We read this last Sunday. You are a light. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. That's a great word for the hills right there. Amen. But then Jesus continues, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. How do we do that? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So why does Paul tell us to let others see us being considerate? Because our good works glorify God. So I want to encourage you, be considerate. The third step on this path to peace is found in this passage, don't worry about anything. So number three, don't worry. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry. Just be happy. Come on. Let me tell you something. And some of you are not going to like to hear this, and some of you are going to love to hear this. Worry does not help anything at all. But it hurts a lot. It doesn't help anything. But it hurts a lot. Some of you are suffering from sicknesses and illness because you worry. I want to encourage you during this time, work on not worrying. Worry is a form of fear. And perfect love casts out all fear. Worry is also a form of unbelief. And the Bible tells us that anything that is of unbelief is a sin. So worry in itself can become a sin. How can it become a sin? Because you're saying that you really don't believe that your heavenly Father knows what's best for you. And you're saying that you really don't believe that He's going to take care of you. You're saying, I don't believe you're a good, good father. But how many know that he is a good, good father? So that's the way I take the worry off is I I cast my worries on him and I say, you are a heavenly father that knows what's best for me. Help the things you can. Don't worry about the things you can't. And here's another word for you. Just trust. Say that with me. Just trust. I don't know what is going to happen. Just trust trust. When is this thing going to end? Just trust. I don't know what I'm going to do about a job. Just trust. God's got this. Believe that? Amen. Next, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. We talked about this last week, but the fourth step in the path to peace is pray. He goes on, he says, tell God what you need. Tell your heavenly father. When's the last time you just told God what you were concerned about? I mean, you tell everybody else, right? You post it. Why not tell him? God, this is what I need. And then he says, tell him what you need and thank him for all he has done. Y'all, I believe that this is just as important as asking him what you need. It's thanking him for what you've done, what he's already done. This is just as important. The situation that we're in right now should make us thankful for the things that go unnoticed in normal life. Right now, the fact that I walked in this room before we started this morning and I wanted to hug everybody and I couldn't do it because of social distancing, the the, the little things that, that we take for granted, this should be the time that we're stopping and we're thanking him for everything that he's done. He goes on, he says, then, everybody say then. Come on, say it again, say then. Then you will experience God's peace. After you have, let me go back, after you have You choose joy, you're being considerate, you stop worrying, you're praying, then you will experience God's peace. 
Come on, doesn't that sound amazing? God's peace. Just say that word, say peace, just peace. And not just normal peace, the kind of peace, as Paul goes on to say, which exceeds anything we can comprehend. This kind of peace is beyond comprehension. You cannot fathom it. I mean, obviously, it's got to be beyond comprehension if you're going to have peace in this kind of time, right? Where the economy's messed up and unemployment and, and, and food is scarce. I mean, how could anybody have, that's the kind of peace we're talking about. It's beyond comprehension. I believe that you're going to look back and wonder how you made it through this time with so much peace. How do you do it? Because it's a peace that you cannot comprehend. He goes on, he says, and his peace will guard your hearts and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. I love this. The peace of God will guard. You know, sometimes when you think of the peace, it's like this peace, like swirlies, you know, and glitter and floral and paisleys, you know? That's kind of when you think peace. But this, the Bible says, this peace will guard. That word guard means like a centurion, like a Roman soldier. It will guard your heart, and your mind. I love this because if you think about it, these are the two areas that we're being attacked so much right now. In our heart, our emotions, and our mind, our intellect, they're just being attacked. I love the fact that the peace of God will guard those areas. And when something starts trying to come in, it's going to hold up. You don't belong here. This is not your place. Another scripture in Colossians says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. That means like a judge to say yes or no. I'm believing we're going to experience that kind peace how many have found that peace can be so fleeting that that you can have peace about a situation you're like oh this feels good and something happened oh i lost my peace where'd it go it's like so fast that's why paul goes on he doesn't stop right there fix your thoughts on what is true honorable right pure lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise the fifth step on the path to peace is fix your thoughts on the right things. You have to fight for peace. It doesn't just come easy. You've got to fight for it. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That word thought means the things that you think and meditate on, not just those fleeting things. It's the things that you really think about. That's why it says, Fix your thoughts. That word fix means to fasten, like hammer, like cement. Fix your thoughts. Meditate on good things, righteous things, godly things. Because whatever you allow to be planted in your mind is what you're going to produce. And you cannot, you cannot plant junk and expect good fruit to come out of it. If you keep planting in all this stuff and worry and reading and Googling and watching and blah, blah, no, no, no wonder there's no peace in your mind. Plant things that are true and right and pure and lovely and admirable, and you're going to watch peace become fruit in your life. Let me give you a piece of advice today. And I mentioned this last week. Don't watch the news all day long. Come on, if you're stuck at home, don't watch the news all day. Get you a, get you a, a good taste of it. Be informed. And then roll on. Don't scroll through social media all day. Get in God's Word. Listen to some worship. Have conversations with God. I'm going to tell you another great way to have peace is look for the positive. Look for the positive. And most of all, look to Jesus. And finally, he says, keep putting into practice 
all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. So the sixth step on the path to peace is put it into practice. Look at me. Look at me. Don't just hear what I'm saying. Go do it. Don't just hear God's word. Do it. James says one and two, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Go do good. Again, get creative, get innovative. And then when you do, watch what happens. And watch what happens. And then the God of peace will be with you. Did you notice that? The difference? A moment ago, Paul said, and the peace of God will be with you. But now Paul says, If you do these, the God of peace will be with you. Not just the peace of God, the God of peace. Come on, y'all, that's next level. I mean, the peace of God is great, but if I got to pick the peace of God and the God of peace, I'm picking the peace of God, the God of peace every time. Amen? Let me pray for you today. Lord, I thank you so much for this moment. I thank you for these incredible, incredible people that have tuned in today. I thank you, Lord, for the folks around me, this amazing team that has made this possible. And I thank you, Lord, that when we reach out for you, we don't, we're not just getting the hem of your garment, but God, we can grab hold of your hand fully and completely. And I do that today. I reach out to you. Come on, why don't you do that? Why don't you just lift a hand up right where you are? Why don't you reach out to him? Just tell him, say, Lord, I need your peace today. I need your joy today. I would encourage you to make a commitment this next week to follow these six steps that Paul lined out for us on the path to peace. And then journal. Write it down. Write down, man, I felt more peace this today than I did. Begin to see what God deposits in your heart. Slips into your environment. I thank you, Lord, for your peace and for your joy and for your grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me talk to those of you right now that need to enhance your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never even started a walk with Him. Or maybe you have, but it's been a while. And we call these recommitments. If you want to recommit your life to Jesus. It's very simple because he's already done the hard work. All you have to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And maybe during this time of uncertainty, you realize that you really don't look to him as your Lord and Savior. This is a great opportunity to do that right where you are, watching on the computer, a TV, a tablet, a phone. Just in this moment, why don't you just ask him to become your Savior? Put your faith in him. I want you to repeat after me. Come on, everyone in the room, just say it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love, for your joy, and for your peace. I ask for you to take my life. Forgive me when I try to do things on my own, when I try to fix stuff that I cannot fix. Today, I'm laying my life at your feet. I pray you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, with your peace, with your love, with your joy. And I want to live with you forever and ever, beginning right now, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say amen.
right where you are. Let's celebrate with these folks today that prayed this prayer. Amen. So good.